I was able to live and study abroad in Spain for six months a few years ago, and now I want to show you how you can also live and study abroad in Spain. I want to show you how I did it. I want to show you how to apply and find the right university for you. Um, I also want to show you how to find an, an apartment to live in, and I want to show you how to budget for that, what to expect, how to go there cheap as well, and also maybe go over a little bit of how much Spanish I think that you should know before going, and just other tips and recommendations that I'm going to give you guys. Uh, if you know you decide to study abroad, what I recommend doing and not doing, all of that stuff. So I'm really excited for this one, something I love talking about because it was honestly the best experience of my life, and I, I, I want to be able to do it again in the future. So I'm really excited to share my tips, my experience. Feel free to show this to your parents if they're on the fence about this type of thing, and or if you're just if you're on the fence about this type of thing, I hope that this clears it up for you because it's something that you always hear in the YouTube videos like, oh yeah, it's the best experience you'll ever have. I reckon everyone should do it. But it really is, and I hope that I can give a sort of practical way to look at it and also a, uh, a budget-friendly way to go about it because the way that I did it was different than the traditional way of studying abroad. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Michael Harper Spanish Podcast, where if you don't learn any Spanish, you weren't listening well enough. I was able to learn Spanish within a few months, and now I want to help you do the same. Spanish does not have to take years to learn. It can be done within a matter of months with the proper roadmap and the proper practice. This podcast is made to be a resource for you to help you learn Spanish quicker and understand complex Spanish topics. We'll be discussing various Spanish tips, Spanish tips that I use to help me learn Spanish within a few months, various topics, vocabulary words, grammar rules, verb conjugations, and even conversations and interviews with native Spanish speakers. To see more content from me and to learn more Spanish, be sure to check out www.michaelharperspanish.com and follow me on Instagram at michaelharperspanish. All right, first off, I want to mention that this is geared towards Spain. I do not know if these same tips will apply to other countries, although if it's a European country, it probably will, but if you follow me anyway, you're probably interested in going somewhere like Spain. You can look up and see if these things will apply in other countries. They probably will. But especially this first part about applying and getting a visa and finding the right university, 100% is Spain-oriented. So first off, I did not... I was going to college here in the United States. I, I was going to a university. So the traditional path and everyone that I know who has studied abroad in Spain has done this is where you just apply through your own university and your university sponsors some sort of exchange program with uh, another university in Spain. The problem with this is that you typically have to go with the housing that this Spanish university provides. It's more expensive and you pay the tuition of the United States college that you're attending, which is very expensive as we all know. But I actually was able to apply directly through the universities in Spain, meaning that I hadn't practically nothing to do with my own university except sending them my transcripts and my grades and whatnot, but I was able to pay the tuition of that university in Spain. 
To put that into perspective, an average semester, at least where I live in Georgia at a regular university, a public one, by the way, is probably around four to $5,000 in classes if you're taking a full semester. Let's say I'm taking three classes, so it's probably closer to three to 4000 I took three classes in Spain and paid six $600, maybe $800. So it's a fraction of the price compared to what you would be paying if you applied directly through the university, um, a United States university. So how do you do that? What you need to look up, and it's not that hard to do it. The problem is, is that nobody knows how to do it. And I think it's kind of a well-guarded secret that no one really wants you to find out how to do it, of course. But you want to look up Movilidad Libre. I'm going to write that in the transcript, whether you're listening on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. Uh, I'm going to have that written down for you. Uh, if, if not, just go to Google Translate and type in free mover um, or free movement, and, and that's how you'll, you'll find out how to spell that. Movilidad libre. And that's exactly what it is. You're kind of like a free mover. So you apply through a program in Spain called Movilidad Libre. What you can literally do is look up Spain, Movilidad Libre, and you'll see a bunch of universities universities pop up in Spain that offer that type of program. It's for international students. Um, In fact, most of the people that you meet at your university program who are doing the same thing are going to be from just different parts of Europe, different countries in Europe, France, Italy, all kinds of stuff, which is really cool. We were the only, my wife and I went on this trip, by the way, my wife and I were the only people there that apply through the Movilidad Libre program, the free movers program. And in fact, when we got to the counselor's office, she was like, oh, you guys are the two free movers, right? And we were like, no, okay, <laughs> I guess we're the only people that did it. So no one really knows about this, which is what makes me so excited to share this knowledge on this podcast. So look up that you just apply like a regular college application. Um, It is most likely going to be in Spanish. I don't know if you can find it in English or not. It's been a while. So be prepared for that. Um, And just have your college transcripts ready. And as long as you have decent grades, you should hear back within a couple of weeks. Um, You may have to find a way to make international phone calls for this because you may or may not have to call the university. They may or may not have to call you probably is going to, you're just going to be fine doing the whole thing through email anyway so don't worry about it but do that application and i recommend applying to a bunch of different universities um there we applied to universities in madrid and malaga barcelona um and finally we actually settled on a small town called burgos and i'm going to take just a couple of minutes to really recommend this city and talk about it for a second because it is in my opinion the best international program in Spain, and I've heard that from other people in Spain as well. They've put a lot of time and effort and even money into this program. In fact, the reason we even knew it was a thing is because every time we looked up the Free Movers program in Spain, they had paid for advertisements, and it was always the first thing that came up on a Google search, and for good reason. Uh, it, it is an amazing university. The international program is incredible, and I cannot say enough good things about that city. It's a small-town feel. It, it feel If you've ever been to Madrid, it feels like Madrid on a very small scale, which I loved. It, you, you got to know people well. Every time we'd go out in the city, we'd see like teachers, professors, and, and other friends just walking down the street to go get groceries or do laundry or get a cup of coffee. 
I'd see someone I knew on the street from school or someone that I hadn't met on. It's the coolest thing ever. It, it, it is great whether you want to just have a quiet, relaxed city or if you want to have more of a party city, it's also good for that. So uh, it's an amazing international program. It is impossible not to meet people and make friends. I'm someone that honestly, I just, I'm not that great at making friends. I'm not like a very extroverted person. I've gotten a lot more extroverted over the years, but naturally I grew up very introverted. So it's always been a little bit harder for me to do those types of things. I didn't have an issue at all making and finding friends there. It's really cool. I love that city. And the great thing about Spain is that it's cheap. I'm going to talk about budgeting and, and what to do in a moment. And so, so just find the, the university that's right for you. If you've always dreamed of studying and living in Madrid, then go to Madrid. If you've always wanted to go to Santander or San Sebastián or Barcelona or Málaga, wherever you want to go, go to where you've always dreamed of going because there's obviously a reason that you're you're being attracted to that city. I'd really recommend that. But if you don't know where you want to go and you want like a small town feel, the great thing about Burgos too is that it's only a couple hours by bus from Madrid and buses there. You can get a round trip for 30 euros, which is like 32, 30, 35 bucks max. And it's so easy because you, you can go to Madrid, take that plane, go to different countries. You can, it's just an amazing place all around. And I'll talk more about traveling within Spain and, and within Europe in general towards the end of this but I really want to talk about this next important part and it's really crucial that you listen to this because you have to find the place to live and there's a lot to this part now if you apply through the university in the United States uh, you're likely going to be recommended to stay at the housing at the university or the university housing I recommend not doing this Okay, now the pros to university housing is that it's easier, it's, it's more peace of mind, I guess, when you're, when you're applying because you know for sure you have a place to stay. But I'll tell you the cons. You're very likely going to be sharing a room with somebody, just like traditional dorm room living. Uh, you have to purchase the meal plan of that university most times. It's more expensive, so you're probably going to pay six to 700 euros a month, which may seem cheap. But it's really not when you look at what it should cost. And I'll get to that in a second. So I just don't recommend university housing because you, there's much better options out there. The only pro to it is that it's easy and that it, it kind of gives you peace of mind knowing that you're going to get to Spain and have somewhere to go and stay. What I recommend doing, and this takes a little bit of courage, but at the same time, not too much. I recommend finding an apartment when you get there. And that might seem terrifying going to a different country to live for six months without having a place to live, but it's only because you've never done it before that it seems scary. It's really not a big deal. Span to get an apartment in Spain is a very simple process. You can literally sign the contract and the same day you're moving into that apartment. That's how quick of a process that it is. And there's always a lot of places available. So let's say that I want to live in Madrid and I... I'll, I'll use Burgos as a better example because Burgos is a small city. If I if I go to these real estate websites, um, one is called Idealista, and I'll put that in the transcript as well. Um, Idealista is one of those where you can find an apartment and places for alquiler. Alquiler is the word for rent in Spain, 
and you can find an apartment between three and six hundred euros a month you could even find a studio for two to three hundred a month or you can get roommates which a lot of people did and that is an amazing way to meet friends and new people Uh, typically what will happen i'll tell you my experience first so my wife and i we went together which was a, a great thing to do we we were able to do this program together so we get to spain didn't have a house we're terrified and we're, we're scrambling to find something. So we got there. We already had a hotel booked for the first few days. We had to extend it a couple of days just because we, we were a little bit too picky with the apartment that we wanted, but for good reason, because we were able to get a two-bedroom apartment, which is pretty big. I mean, it had the living room. It had two big bedrooms, and it had, of course, the bathroom and kitchen for 550 euros a month which is about 600 US dollars at the time. That is very cheap considering the location and what we got. It was a very modern apartment, so it had modern appliances. It was clean. It had furniture. By the way, the apartments are going to come with furniture as well, so you don't have to worry about... It's not like you go to an apartment here in the United States and they just don't have furniture. Spanish apartments come with furniture, which is awesome. It comes with the bed, the couch, everything. And even it even had cooking supplies. I mean, literally everything you need. And there's there was no deposit really. I think we actually paid like maybe one month of deposit, but it wasn't anything crazy. It was in the dead center of the city. So typically, you know, like most cities that'll have the cathedral means you're right in the center of the city. We were right in the downtown. Literally, you open our door, you walk two steps, and you're touching the cathedral. That's how close we were. Dead in the center for $600 a month. It's nothing. And services, by the way, you pay every two months for like gas and electricity. And we paid maybe 100, 150 bucks for two months worth of services. Very cheap. And that includes Wi-Fi, by the way. You will have to find a Wi-Fi plan, but it's not, it's very inexpensive in Spain. It's not like here in the U.S. So uh, that that's the big pro of having a housing when you get there and finding an apartment there. The cons is that, number one, you get to Spain without a place to live. The reason you do that is because if you ever, if you go on these websites like Idealista or you're trying to find an apartment in Spain before you go, I really recommend not doing that because there are a lot of people in Spain that scam people. So they ask you to put in a deposit for an apartment. And remember, finding an apartment takes one max two days in Spain. I mean, you sign the contract, they hand you the keys, and you're in your apartment that same day, if not the next day. So it's very quick. People don't know that, so a lot of people get scammed when they're trying to find an apartment. And they they put in the deposit before they get there. They get there, they don't even get the apartment. It was just a scam all along. So you have to be careful with that. I only recommend using Idealista and websites like that to plan for a budget, see what's available, and when you get there, either go to real estate offices in the city or look on those websites once you get there and make the phone calls. The other con to doing this is that most places require a one-year contract. So what we had to do was every place we called, the first question would be, hey, we're students, would you be open to doing a six-month contract? And if they said no, we would just hang up the phone and keep calling other places. We finally were able to find a few where the owner was flexible enough to put us under a six-month contract. And if you go there with your budget planned out and your money, 
in hindsight, I wish we had done this. I wish we had just said, hey, um, can I just pay you for the entire six months? And they probably would have said yes because they'll see the money up front. There's a big issue in Spain with housing and people not paying rent. So I think if you show up there with a big check and say, here you go, just give me the six months, you shouldn't have any issue. I think it depends a lot on the city you're in too. So I, I really, I just want you to know that option. I really recommend and encourage you guys to just get there Find a hotel for a few days, and you're going to save money in the long run because you can cook in your apartment. You don't have to go out and eat. You don't have to go to the meal hall at the university. You know, you you can pick wherever you want to be. You could be in the downtown. You could be closer to the university you're, st- you're, you're going to, wherever you want to be. Um, it just gives you a lot more flexibility, a lot more budgeting options. And again, most of the international students we know, they would get there, do the same exact thing, meet friends, and then room with them. So they would find an apartment together. And it always, everything, every person I saw do that, it worked out great for them. So if you're, if that doesn't seem too intimidating to you, I say go for it. But university housing, there's nothing wrong with that. We had people that did it and they liked it as well. But again, you're going to have likely dorm-style living, and it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. Just some things to keep in mind. So, um, the next step after you apply... So remember, we apply for the Mobilidad Libre program first. We get in. You should hear a response within a couple of weeks if you don't start making phone calls and bother that admission office. I hate to say this, but Spanish people can be very lazy at work. It is not like the United States where the culture is to work, 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 and progress, progress, progress. Not at all. Okay, those siestas are real. People People work to live. They don't live to work. So you have to call and bother those people. They're not going to do the work for you. You have to take the initiative to make the phone calls and check on your application status. So you get accepted. You know where you're going to go. The next step is to get a visa if you're going to be staying in the country for more than three months. If this is just a simple summer, two-month program, then no. This is really geared towards six-month programs, though, or even a year program if you want to stay for two semesters, although I don't know exactly what the process is for two years. I think you just have to reapply at the end of a few months. Now, you're going to need a visa because Americans cannot stay in Spain for more than three months without a visa. So you're going to get something that's called a student visa. It's really easy to get. The thing that you have to do, though, is be sure to check the required documents on the Spanish embassy's website. That is so important. I can't tell you how many times we saw people get to these embassies without the right documentation and then they have to do the whole process over again i mean it's it's kind of it's stressful because you have to have certain passport photos you have to have bank statements to, to prove that you can have the certain amount of uh, money for the entire trip they have to show that you're going to have a certain amount of money per month to be able to afford it there's a lot of requirements so make sure you go ready with that uh, folder full of those documents required when you get to that embassy now uh, our embassy, it was a little bit difficult because we live uh, we, we live in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and the closest Spanish embassy was actually in Miami. So you may luck out and have an embassy closer to you, but we had to travel to Miami by plane. We actually got there, and the embassy was closed that day for like a flag day in Spain or something, some Spanish holiday. So we had to stay the night at this horrible hotel, Got up the next morning, 
thankfully they were open. It was on a Friday. If they weren't open that day, we would have had to wait till Monday. By the way, this is a great story for another podcast. Um, but basically, we were able to get our visa. Didn't have an issue with the documents. But that is because my wife, Andrea, was so prepared reading those websites in the embassy, making sure we had all the documents. She had sent the emails to, just confirming that we had the documents we needed before we went. So we were really prepared. Um, so that was, uh, that was a great thing. So get the visa, uh, and then you're good to go. Then you can buy the plane tickets Um and, and honestly, I would just find the cheapest flight. Don't try to find the nice direct flight to Spain. Take those connections. It doesn't matter if it takes you 24 hours to get there. Save a few hundred dollars. Like if it's a $400 flight, and by the way, you can find a $400 round trip flight to Spain. Find a $400 flight, or if it's just a direct flight, a $200 flight to Spain. Take those layovers, all right? You're going to be there for six months. It's not a big deal. You can sleep when you get there. Just take it. You're going to be excited and pumped up on adrenaline when you get there anyway, so don't worry about being tired. Now, uh, so we, we've applied to the university. We've gotten the visa. We've got our apartment, or we're at least in the process of getting our apartment. How much money do we need, though, to go to Spain? So what do we budget? I So like I said, we had a $550 a month apartment. That was on the more expensive side of apartments, though. You can easily find one for cheaper. You can get a studio for two to 300 euros a month. You can stay a little bit outside of the city center and get one for like two, 300. Uh, roommates are a great option, too. So technically, if it was my wife and I sharing a room, and we could have even rented the other bedroom out to somebody and paid half the price. So I would budget between... 250 and 600 a month for an apartment depending on again what you see on those idealista type websites where you're trying to find an apartment see what the prices are going for in that area to get an idea for it set your budget and then and there you go we'll just we'll, we'll stick with around a 400 a month budget though in housing probably 500 if you're looking for wi-fi and services as well uh, food in spain and this is what i love about traveling to spain it's very cheap all right, if you were to eat out every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and even snacks and a beer, you're probably looking at 25 bucks a day. It is super cheap. To put it into perspective for breakfast, I would always, almost every day, eat out because breakfast is, it's, it's, it's hilarious how cheap it is. You can get a tortilla, a slice of a, it's an egg, uh, potato, thing i'm terrible at explaining this but it is amazing get a spanish tortilla if not you did not go to spain and, and live it up you can get that with a cup of coffee a latte by the way for 250 maybe three euros if they have like some sort of breakfast special you can get it for even cheaper so the coffee is cheap food's cheap breakfast is cheap so three bucks in breakfast if you want to splurge and get like an extra orange juice and an extra tortilla you're looking at five bucks for breakfast now lunch probably eight bucks and then dinner you can get a three-course meal like a menu del dia for 12 to 13 euros and by the way beer it's like a euro a glass of wine is 150 very cheap so you're not looking at a lot in food. Uh, of course, though, if you're living there for six months, you're going to be doing groceries anyway. So your your daily amount for food is going to be less anyway. But it's likely that you're going to go out with your friends and drink, and or or you're going to want to have those coffees in the middle of the day and those churros and those desserts. 
So I would plan for maybe 15 to 20 bucks a day, maybe have like a good four to $500 budget a month uh, on food. And that's just because I'm a big eater. So I'm probably budgeting more than I should be on food and splurging a bit, but that's what I would do. So uh, food's a big thing. So we're probably up to maybe like eight, 900 bucks a month. And this is being conservative, by the way. Uh, people have done this for much cheaper on a much tighter budget. And then travel. I would definitely budget for travel. So losing my voice here a bit <laughs> you need it's a waste of a trip and a waste of an opportunity if you don't travel to as many places as possible while you're here i didn't really go to study abroad i went there to live abroad and i went there to for the experience none of my credits transferred only passed one of the classes all right it's, it's whatever it was more for the experience i'd rather enjoy those six months and fail all the classes than have never done it in the first place. So I'm not going to miss those class credits in the future. When I'm looking back at it, I'm going to be thankful that I had that experience. Now, (laughs) that was me. I was irresponsible and stupid. If I'd done it again, I would have gone to the classes and made sure the credits transferred. By the way, it's another con with Movilidad Libre. When you go directly through a United States university, the credits will 100% transfer whatever classes you take. With Movilidad Libre, you, it's kind of like being a transfer student. So you're just going to have to make sure that whatever classes you take there in Spain are going to transfer back towards your program back in the United States. So if you're going there because you want the credits and you want the classes, then make sure that they, they're going to transfer back. I'd recommend going to your counselor in the United States first before you go and say, hey, these are the classes I'm thinking about taking. Uh, because when you apply for the university, typically you apply for the classes as well. It's a little bit different process than in the United States. And you, I would just get in a written letter from your counselor saying, hi, I have revised this schedule and these credits should transfer back to this program. Just get something in writing and you should be fine. So I wouldn't, don't let that be a limiting factor for you if you are there for, for the classes. So uh, back to travel though. You need it. It's so cheap. It is hilarious how cheap it is to travel in Europe. My wife and I went to 12 countries, if you include the Vatican. We went to 12 countries within those six months. It's like two countries a month. All right. And we had one trip, which is one of the most memorable trips of my life. Even though we got sick and had to sleep in airports for some of it, it is the best experience I've ever had. We went to Berlin, Amsterdam, uh, Brussels. Uh, we went to Luxembourg all in one trip. We also went to Ibiza on the way. Incredible trip. And it was a two week power trip. We went with friends, so don't plan your trips before you go. Wait till you meet people and travel together. Uh, all of those trips can go out to be really cheap. We would find Ryanair is an amazing airline for people like us who are going there on a budget because you can find flights to different European countries for 10 to $15, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Maybe 20 to $30. But it is extremely cheap, and it's a two-hour flight to a country in Europe from Madrid. So all you got to do is get to Madrid or Barcelona, and then you can fly out and go somewhere. We would sometimes even fly to different smaller cities in Spain and in other countries just because it was cheaper than take the bus somewhere else. Buses, trains, transportation in general in Spain is easy. You don't need a car in Europe to get by. It's not like the United States. Most people walk everywhere, as it should be, and people take the bus public transportation is amazing so 
I'll likely do another video in the future on transportation in general in Spain, what bus lines to use, what airlines to use, but make sure you travel while you're there. You're there for, it seems like a long time, but in hindsight, it's a very short time. So take make, make the most of it. Plan those weekend trips when you're on spring breaks. Take those two-week trips, even if it means missing a little bit of class. It's worth it, I promise. So... I would budget maybe a couple hundred bucks a month for just travel in general. Go with maybe one to two thousand for the entire trip, just dedicated for a travel budget. So you're looking at, in the grand scheme of things, probably a thousand to twelve hundred a month, being on the conservative side. Um, so if you go with six thousand dollars, you're okay. But I would recommend going with eight to ten thousand dollars if you can. That is way more than you'll need, by the way, so don't freak out with that number. You can. Pr- I've seen people go for a lot cheaper than five. I've seen people go with three to four thousand dollars and they make it, and that's okay. Um, but I think five to six thousand is a good budget. Uh, it, it, it allow you still be a little tight, but you're still you have housing. You're eating really good every day. You're traveling and you're having a great time with with six thousand dollars for the entire six months. By the way, but if you have eight to ten, it gives you a little bit more cushion. I, I would still. If if I were going with eight to ten thousand dollars, I'd still budget as if I were going with five to six thousand dollars, just to not go crazy. Because if you have all that money, you're more likely to spend it in the beginning. So pretend that you don't have that extra money. That way, at the end of the trip, you can either you know go on that trip you wanted to go on that you couldn't, or you go back home with a little bit of money in your bank account, which is awesome. So you were able to do that whole trip, spend less than you thought you would, and you're coming back home with money. So that that's that's budget housing application process. If you have any questions about that, by the way, just shoot me an email at hello michaelharperspanish.com or shoot me a DM on Instagram at michaelharperspanish. I'm going to talk now about just quick recommendations that I would give if you're going to do this. Number one is just to get to peop- know people and go out. Don't go there and lock yourself in your room. That is the worst thing that you can do. Number two, know some Spanish. Um, while I don't think that you have to know a lot of Spanish to go, know some. If you can at least, you don't have to be fluent like I was when you go, although it helps a lot, but have some understanding of the language. Don't go without knowing anything. You need to be able to communicate a little bit. At least be able to go up to a restaurant and comfortably order your food, order a coffee, order a beer, and have a small small talk with the waiter. If you can do that, then you're good to go. But know some Spanish. You don't have to know a lot. So number three, don't use English. Like you're there to learn Spanish and speak Spanish, immerse yourself in the language, and you could literally be 100% fluent coming out of this program. So don't waste it by spe- speaking English the entire time. Don't go. Don't meet a bunch of. Don't have your entire friend circle there be Americans. It's not anything wrong with that, but make sure that you're interacting with people from other countries. It was cool because a lot of our friends were from France and Italy. Had a friend from South Korea too, and we spoke in Spanish together because obviously we didn't. They didn't know English, and we all were there to learn Spanish and speak Spanish. So it, it's kind of cool speaking from in Spanish to people whose native language isn't even Spanish or English. That's a cool experience. The fourth thing, like I already said, travel to other countries. Uh, again, don't book any trips till you're there. What You will meet friends, so don't be anxious or nervous about meeting people. It's going to happen at the orientation. 
and, it, and, and you can easily go out when you know the other students are going out and meet people. People are there to meet people too. Remember, most of your friends, at least in our case, weren't even Spanish. They were uh, international students from other countries that weren't Spain. So everyone's there because they want to meet each other and meet new people. So there's no reason to feel shy or intimidating because everyone's in the same boat. Uh, and the last thing is just this experience will literally change your life. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now without this experience. Um, it, it, it shapes who you are. It, and it's one of the weird things um, and this might, parents might not like to hear this, but being without the influence of your parents and family for six months, while it sounds like I'm being irresponsible and ignorant and arrogant saying this, it is a good thing, I think. Um, obviously, young people are going to do stupid stuff when they're left alone, but just you don't realize how influenced you are by your friends and family back home until you live on your own for six months and it's just your thoughts it's just you and it's just you focusing on what you want to do in life without anyone else telling you what you should be doing so it that's a really cool thing so it's, that's why I recommend if you don't know what you want to do in life go travel for six months go live abroad for six months you're going to come back knowing exactly what you want to do or you're going to have a clear path towards what you want to do um, so it, it's an awesome thing because you're not influenced by anyone else. It's literally what you're doing and what you want to do. So again, I think everyone should do it. If you're on the fence about it, just go do it. Save up $7,000, $10,000 if you can, or figure out a way to get some money and then go. Okay. I'd recommend, you know, I'd recommend if you can do it in cash, even better Just save up that cash. You know, it's better to stay out of debt for it. Uh, I know some people will, though. It's fine, but I would just really recommend going there, trying to come back with some money, too, and it's just the coolest thing in the world. Remember, you can always come back. So if you go there a month or two in or even a couple weeks and you're like, this is just not for me, come back. Uh, I'll say when we, when my wife and I got there, the first thing we were thinking for the first couple of days was, oh my gosh, this is the biggest mistake we've ever made. So if you get there and you're like, this is a mistake, give it some time. You're in good company because my wife and I thought the same thing. After a couple of days, though, we were in love with the city we went to. We were excited and we never wanted to go home. I never, not once did I get homesick. At the very end, the last month since I knew I was going to go home, I did, I, I was ready, I guess. I was ready to get back and just get on kind of with my life, you know. It's kind of like I was living in the dream for the past few months. So I was desperate to get back to reality. Now I wish like anything I could go back and not be so stupid. But just enjoy it. Um, enjoy it and, and do it. And if you go, let me know and I'll be jealous of you. So please let me know if you go. And let me know if you have any questions about the application process, about going there, living there, city recommendations. I've been to a lot of cities in Spain, so I can help you out with that. This is a long podcast, but I thank you for listening. I hope you got a lot of value out of it, and hopefully it inspires you to try this out. Um, make sure that you're following me. Stay in tu tuned to all the new podcasts. Download this podcast. Make sure that you follow it for more updates, whether you're on Spotify or Apple or YouTube. Uh, if you're on YouTube, give a like. If you're on Apple, Spotify, please leave a review and let me know if you like it. See you guys in the next one.
Take care.